0: Okay, we're continuing our study together of chapter 32 of our Confession of Faith, dealing with the Last Judgment. And we are currently dealing with the paragraph that deals with the certainty of the Day of Judgment, which is paragraph 1. And we said that it is certain there will be a Day of Judgment for two reasons. Uh, Number one, because um, conscience requires it. In that, there is a great uh, deal of injustice in this world that is not dealt with in this life, and so therefore there must be a day of judgment to right all wrongs. And then secondly, of course, Scripture requires it. The Bible is full of statements about the fact that there's going to be a day of judgment. So we began last time to consider together the one sitting in judgment. And we looked at John 5.22, the Father has committed all judgment to the Son. And so we saw that the one sitting in judgment is Jesus Christ. Acts 17.31, God has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man which he has ordained whereof he has given all witness and that he has raised him from the dead. And so our confession says God has appointed a day wherein he will judge the world in righteousness by Jesus Christ, to whom all power and judgment is given of the Father. And so the Son, as he stands is in his role as mediator, as mediatorial king, will be the one judging all those who are in his kingdom. Now, having then seen last time the one sitting in judgment, Uh, Today we want to move on and consider together the parties being judged. And we said last time that there are two parties being judged. Um, The fallen angels are being judged, and also all of humanity is being judged. And we said the reason why they were being judged is because they alone in the universe are moral agents. Animals are not moral agents, and even though animals do horrible things, uh, humanly speaking... Uh, they're not held accountable. They're not made in the image of God. They don't have moral judgment. They also don't have eternal souls. And so animals, um, while they do have uh, an immaterial and a material part, and that when they die, a death is a separation of their soul from their bodies. That soul is not an eternal soul. It's not made in the image of God. And so it just simply ceases to exist. Upon the expiration of the animal, whereas our souls uh, exist forever, as do um, the souls of angels. Angels are ministering spirits. They don't have bodies. And uh, they are culpable for their actions as well. Now, uh, our confession says, uh, regarding this day of judgment, it says... Not only the apostate angels shall be judged, but likewise, all persons that have lived upon the earth. So what it specifically says is the apostate angels are going to be judged. Now, a little bit of background Uh, in some point in eternity past. We don't know when um, God created the angelic host. Um, He created angels. He created lots of them. And at some point in time, Satan led a rebellion of those angels against God. And a third of the angels that God created rebelled against God, followed Satan, fell into sin, and came under the wrath and the judgment of God. Now, how do we know it was a third of them? Where? Where? Chapter 12 is where it's at, yes. Revelation chapter 12. Verse 3, There appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his heads and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth and the dragon stood before the woman which is ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born and so it's believed based on that passage satan being the dragon the stars of heaven being the angels he pulled a third of them uh, out of heaven to earth with himself okay so that's where the idea that a third of the of the angels Fell along with Satan now, the fall of Satan in particular is described in um, <clears throat> in Isaiah chapter fourteen. you might want to turn there, Isaiah chapter fourteen, and uh, we'll start reading at verse twelve isaiah fourteen twelve Isaiah 14.12 says, How thou art fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning! How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations! For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High." Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof, that opened not the house of his prisoners? And so what we have here is a description of Satan at some point after his creation, determining to rise up and rebel against God, and as it says in verse 14, to be like the Most High, that is to supplant God, to make himself equal with God, and to uh, push God off the throne and take his place. Now, of course, this is exactly the same temptation that he offered Adam and Eve in the garden, right? In the day you eat thereof, you shall be as God's. And so, Satan desired Godhood. He offered Adam and Eve Godhood. And they, of course, um, took the bait and uh, thought that they would uh, achieve what he did. And uh, so, he became apostate. And apparently, uh, all the demons that the Bible talks about are all fallen angels. And so, a demon is nothing more than an angel that followed Satan in the rebellion, fell along with him, and now, like him, is depraved and is committed to attacking um, the people of God uh, and through that, uh, God himself. And so we see him, for example, uh, wreaking havoc on Job in Job chapter 1, where uh, Satan came and presented himself before God. And uh, you recall the story Uh, where he challenged God with reference to Job's integrity, and God turned Satan loose um, to a limited degree upon Job. And as a result, Job lost all of his possessions. He lost all of his children. uh, He lost his health, and he lost his wife. Um, So terrible um, calamities came upon Job because of Satan's evil uh, malevolence towards him. And so it's ever been. We see especially in the New Testament where the demons would um, um, possess uh, people and they would engage in extremely self-destructive and bizarre behaviors, cutting themselves with stones, casting themselves into the fire, uh, doing all sorts of aberrant uh, behaviors. And then when they were delivered from the demons, uh, they... um, didn't engage in those kind of behaviors anymore. So what we see then is that um, Satan walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. We wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Um, Ephesians chapter 6, Satan throws his fiery darts. So Satan is actively and his, his, his demons are actively working against God, continually sinning against God. And so they are going to be objects of God's judgment. Now, what we want to do then is look at some passages. The first one is in Jude chapter six huh chapter six, verse six. There's only one chapter. Don't want to add to the scriptures here. some extra chapters. Jude chapter one and verse six <clears throat> It says in Jude chapter 1 and verse 6, it says, And the angels, which kept not their first estate, that is the estate in which they were created, but left their own habitation, that is, followed Satan and abandoned heaven, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness, unto the judgment of the great day. So what he's doing here is he's talking about how God is going to bring judgment. And um, he talks in verse 5 about judgment on Israel. He talks in verse 6 about judgment on the angels. He talks about verse 7, judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah. And so what we read here about the, the, the angels is that they are going to be judged on the last day. And specifically, he says that they are reserved in everlasting chains under darkness uh, until the judgment of the great day. And then after that, they're going to be cast into hell where the smoke of their torment will ascend up forever and ever, as we see in Revelation 14. Uh, another passage that deals with the judgment of angels is in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 4. The book of 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 4. a Very parallel passage to the book of Jude. In fact, if you read 2 Peter and you read Jude, uh, it almost looks like they're copying each other. Um, they simply were delivering similar messages. Um, and a lot of debate goes on, well, did you know Jude read Second Peter and then write his book, or did Peter read Jude and then write his book? I don't think either of those the cases. I think they both were inspired by the Spirit of God to write similar things. I mean, just like when you look at the four Gospels, there's a lot of similarities there, but it's not like they copied each other. So you know, like we have synoptic gospels, well, guess what? We have synoptic epistles, Second Peter and Jude. No big deal. No problem. All right. Second Peter two in verse four, it says for if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. And then he goes on and talks about other judgments like the flood. Um, And so, once again here, we have a very clear allusion to the fact that the angels are going to be judged. Now, the unusual thing about the judgment of angels is that somehow you and I, as Christians, are going to be involved in that judgment. And so, we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, Paul is um, rebuking the Corinthians for taking each other to law, and not settling their disputes within the church. And um, he says in First in Corinthians six one Dare any of you having a matter against another go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know you not that we shall judge angels? How much more Things that pertain to this life. And there's just this little passing illusion here, and it's never spoken of again, that we are going to judge angels. And what that involves, uh, whether it involves somehow an evaluation of the good angels and what they deserve in terms of rewards, or whether it's the judgment of these evil angels that we have seen in Jude and in 2 Peter, um, I don't know. But somehow, Christ is going to employ us in assisting him in some way in passing judgment on the angels. Now, I don't want to make a big deal out of our role in that. I just want to use this verse to point out the fact that angels are going to be judged. Okay? So we've got three passages that make it very clear that angels are going to come under the judgment of God. All right, any questions about that? Go ahead, Mike. Um, When uh, when the fall happened, um, I'm guessing that the world had not been created yet. That's correct. Um, So what what happened to them? Like where where could they go? Well, um, the universe is a big place, and they could have went anywhere. They are spatial beings. They're not omnipresent. And so wherever God's special dwelling place was, um, he certainly could have put them out of it. However, uh, it appears that they still had access to heaven until Christ died on the cross, because in the book of Job, you see Satan appearing before God in heaven, talking with him. Furthermore, um, just prior to the crucifixion of Jesus, you recall Jesus said I saw Satan fall as lightning from heaven. Uh, are you familiar with the passage or shall we look at it? Okay. It's in John 12. Good. We'll look at it. Gospel of John chapter 12. Um hmm Yeah, there it is. Okay. Um, verse 20, uh, John twelve twenty, And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. And the same came before to Philip, which was a Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. So here are these Gentiles. They're coming to the apostles, and they're saying, We want to talk to Jesus, all right? Philip comes and tells Andrew and again Andrew and Philip tell Jesus verse 23 and Jesus answered them saying now this is Jesus response these these Gentiles come to Philip and Philip goes to Andrew and they both go to Jesus and they say hey there's some Gentiles here that want to talk to you and it's fascinating to see the way Jesus responds. Verse 24, And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. you hear the Gentiles are coming? What does he immediately think? I've got to die. He says, Verily I say unto you, except a a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it die, it brings forth much fruit. You put a seed in the ground, the seed dies. But what comes up? Okay, A stalk with a whole bunch more seeds. And so in the same way, Jesus is going to die and go into the ground, into the grave, literally, okay? But what's going to come out of the grave? But a multitude of people, of souls. One soul goes into the grave, a multitude of souls are delivered from the grave, all all God's elect, okay? Verse 23, he who loves his life shall lose it. He that hateth his life in this world shall keep it to life eternal. That is, you've got to give your life to Christ Not keep it for yourself if you're going to be saved. Verse 26, if any man serve me, let him follow me. Where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. So Jesus says, in essence, he's saying to Philip and Andrew regarding these Greeks, um, they're going to have to lose their life for my sake. They're going to have to serve me and follow me. Verse 27, now is my soul troubled and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. Shall I say that? He says, but for this cause came I unto this hour. Here's what I'll say. Verse 28, Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. So God spoke from heaven. I mean, this is uh, incredible stuff going on here. Um, The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it, verse 29, said that it thundered. Others said an angel spoke to him. Jesus answered and said, this voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now here's our verse, Mike. Verse 31. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. So the prince of this world is, Jesus, is Satan. And Jesus is going to cast out the prince of this world. Well, where is he going to cast him out of? Well, the answer is he's going to cast him out of heaven and down onto the earth. And I'll tell you why in a minute that's true. Okay. Now here's Jesus response to Philip and Andrew regarding these Gentile Greeks. Verse 32. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. So he's going to draw those Greeks to himself, all types of men, all classes of men, all categories of men. Um, not all men without exception but all men without distinction so there's his reply yes these Greeks are coming I see they're coming Um, I'm gonna have to die for their salvation here's the requirement if they want to be saved they're gonna have to die they're gonna have to follow me Um, you know for them to come to me I'm gonna have to go through this horrible thing shall I ask the father to deliver me from it no that's why I came Father, glorify thy name. God says, I will glorify it. And Jesus said, okay, um, as I die, Satan's going to be cast out. And all of these Gentiles are going to be drawn to me. Okay. Now, let's go to Revelation 12. Revelation 12, 1, and there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head, a crown of 12 stars. Now this woman is Israel, okay, because of the uh, crown of 12 stars, that's the 12 tribes of Israel. Verse 2, and she being with child cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. Israel brought forth Jesus. Jesus is the child here. All right? So Israel, verse 1, 12 tribes. She has a baby. Uh, she travails in birth. Verse 3, there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, Satan, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his heads, uh, representing you know, the power and the authority uh, that he possesses. And the rule that he has. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. Those are the angels that fell with him. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Satan was in Herod. And you remember Herod um, sent the wise men, go find Jesus. Uh, Tell me where he is so I can worship him. And of course he was going to kill him. And you remember the wise men were warned in a dream and they didn't go. And Jesus and Mary and Joseph escaped into Egypt and then Herod sent the soldiers and they killed all the babies in Bethlehem that were two years old and younger. Okay, so um, verse 4 is talking about Herod. The dragon stood before the woman, of course, indwelling Herod, which was ready to be delivered for to devour the child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child, that's Jesus, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, Psalm 2 is where that comes from. And her child was caught up unto God, and to his throne there is the ascension, when Jesus ascended to heaven off the earth, after his resurrection. And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she has a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. And so um, this could be a reference to a couple of things, but... um, I, I think it's a reference to the fact that the Christians were scattered because of the persecution uh, that was brought against him, Acts chapter 8. Uh, you remember that the persecution that arose about Stephen, the believers were just scattered all over the place, and they, they ran away from Jerusalem to, to escape the persecution, okay? Because now, who is, who is the woman? Who is the true Israel? It's the church. It's the believers, Verse 7, there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. Isn't that interesting? They were in heaven, but they don't have a place there now. Verse 9, and the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So here we know that the stars are the angels. So apparently from the time of the rebellion of Satan until the crucifixion of Christ, when he stomped on Satan's head, Satan was allowed to be in heaven. But then once Jesus entered heaven, Satan was kicked out. And now he's on the earth and he's not allowed in heaven anymore. And uh, he's furious. Um, verse 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And you recall how he accused Job, right? Well, he's not there to accuse anybody anymore. Verse 11, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. And so that's how we defeat Satan now, as he attacks us. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you that dwell in them. Why? Satan isn't there anymore. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knows he has but a short time. So that's why Satan is called the prince of this world, because here, he's here. And this is his sphere of operation now. He, he has no access to heaven anymore. Verse 13, And when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth a man-child. He's persecuting the church now. The new Israel that brought forth Jesus. Um, And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness into her place where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. So the church um, is enabled to flee the persecution uh, that Satan brought through his people like Caiaphas and and, uh, Saul of Tarsus um, and others. Verse 15, and the serpent cast out of his mouth waters of flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. So Satan is furiously persecuting the church and God's protecting the church. Um, you know, he casts out these floods. God swallows them up. Um, he chases the woman. God gives her the wings of a great eagle. Verse 17, the dragon was wroth with a woman. Satan is angry with the church, the new Israel, and went to make war with a remnant of her seed which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So, the seed of the woman, the new Israel, clearly those who have faith in Christ and keep Christ's commandments. So, um, is one of my favorite chapters in Revelation because it's one of the few of the chapters I understand. Um, and uh so consequently I mean, I don't understand every detail I don't know what this time and times and half of times refers to um, or this this number of days that's mentioned here um, however many thousand days, yeah a thousand two hundred and three square days i don't know what that means um, <clears throat> but uh let's see how did we get here um, yeah, you were asking did the fall take place before the earth was created? And the answer is yes. Um, and, uh, because God created the world in seven days and Adam was created on the sixth. Uh, he rested on the seventh and it appears on, on Monday, uh, the temptation, in the garden took place. Um, we don't know how big of a time stretch there was, but there's no reason to believe there was any great lapse of time between the creation of Adam and Eve. And, um, and the fall so uh, that being the case and there being no record of the fall in chapters Genesis 1 and 2 of the angels um, then it's it's supposed it took place before so your question was where were they Uh, they were in heaven along with God they weren't cast out of heaven Um, well Satan was in God's presence in Job chapter 1 Um, But my guess is that, yeah, they were probably, you know, out on the porch or someplace. Uh, I don't think they were right in God's face. Um, But they were clearly in heaven because it says they were cast out when Jesus died and rose and ascended into heaven. And uh, so, um, you know, where in heaven, how close, I don't know. Uh, All I know is that their condition was radically changed when Jesus ascended into heaven. Did I, did I answer your question? Okay. Any other questions? All right, well, our time's gone. Next time we'll talk about the judgment of uh, all persons who have lived on the earth, which is really uh, our major concern, um, and uh, look at a number of passages that deal with that subject. And um, um, we're going to be talking about um, the process of judgment, the persons who are judged, and then the process of judgment. All right, let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you that the wicked angels are known to you and they are under your control and they cannot harm us. Thank you, Father, for the way in which you have helped the woman, the way you have helped the church, the new Israel, to flee on the wings of eagles and for the way in which the ground has opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood. Uh, that Satan has sent after us. Thank you for the way the church has been able to grow and prosper through the centuries and and be protected from annihilation by Satan, which is, of course, his dearest dream. Lord, continue to help us and protect us from Satan. Um, He dwells here on the earth with us. And Father, we thank you that between him and us, stands our Savior, the Lord Jesus. Um, And Father, just as he uh, posted uh, an angel with a flaming sword uh, to keep Adam and Eve out of the garden when they fell, so we trust that uh, there are angels with flaming swords keeping Satan uh, away from us, we who are your garden uh, of your delight. Father, we pray now that you would help us to uh, know that protection and enjoy it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.